New York Times writer John Colapinto has written an entire book about, of all things, the human voice, the exercise of which he argues is the single most complex and intricate activity humans can perform. It's fascinating. But when it comes to voice, maybe humans aren't the only voices talking back. I was hiking the trail that follows the cliff line at Island's End, tracking an eagle which had flown overhead just a moment before. I studied the sky above Devil's Cauldron, the 70-foot deep drop to the lake, and suddenly stopped at the sound of voices. The sound of speech out in the forest is rare, and I wondered who might be present near the house. We never have unplanned visitors. I confessed to feeling momentarily rattled. I could see no one on our trail, and there were no boats in the cauldron below. I assumed a trick of the wind and turned back to my eagle search when I heard the sound again. Unmistakably, these were sounds of voices, unseen and unidentified. I grew steadily more curious. I remained still in an effort to pinpoint the location of the voices. My eyes were focused on the opposite side of the oval cauldron, trying to pick up even the slightest movement along the trail there. It was the only place where someone could be in conversation close enough for me to hear. There it was again, then more silence. I felt as though someone had me in a game. The words were indistinguishable, but the cadence and emphasis of the sounds left no doubt about the voices. With greater curiosity than trepidation, I moved along the trail, step by step, attuned to whatever the voices wanted to share with me, and in an instant I understood. The words were those of the lake, the murmurs and accents of water on lake-sprung walls, lapping like speech, swells and eddies calling out their sounds in echoes against the bite of the cauldron. The lake was speaking to me as though in a discourse that I needed to understand. Has the water ever spoken to you? I could not walk away to resume my work without hearing the completeness of the lake's message. I sat upon the flat stump adjacent to the path, one that I had placed there just last year in case the urge to meditate caused a pause to any passerby. I had not imagined it to be me. Now I strained to understand the words of the water. At times, the sounds were little more than the slurping of the tide in multiple crevices in the stone. But in other moments, there was a whispering, a babbling, a mumbling, entreating me to listen to the words of the waves. I closed my eyes and heard. Though the day was calm, there was laughter, a mirthful acknowledgement of the nurturing caress of the lake on Mooning Wanaconing, otherwise known as Madeline Island. But I heard the slight sneer as well, touting the power of the lake, the serendipitous energy of cold and wave to split rock, to crumble shoreline, to play with ships and 
even take life. The gentle voices invited me to sing its tune, Colder by the Lake, a deserving homage to its intense singularity. But I would not break the precious stream of consciousness bubbling up from below. I had never spoken out loud with the lake before, though I know that it has spoken to me for years, whether I heard it or not. Today, I called out. I hear you. It felt good to call out to the lake that way. I sat on the wayside stump for 10 minutes or so, reflecting upon words from the wild, happy to recognize that they were not coming from someone across the cauldron, and relieved to learn that the voices were not just in my mind. I felt grateful for some of the best conversation I have had in years. <laughs>